Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey, it's Denise here and welcome to another episode of Chill and Prosper. Uh, thanks for all your kind words and all those things. I so appreciate it. I love when you guys do reviews or share it in your group. So please, um, if you haven't already, take a second to rate, um, to do a quick review because it really helps other people find the show as well. Okay, so uh, today we're talking about a juicy topic and it's about uh, raising kids with a, a healthy appreciation from for money. And I think where this came from really is people asking me what I'm doing with my own kids and how we can raise rich kids, how we can raise rich lucky bee kids. And I want to say to that, first of all, I have three kids and they're at the moment, they're like, you know, almost eight, almost six and almost four, right? So they're still pretty young. And so I totally get that there's going to be a whole new layer of money mindset stuff when they're teenagers. Okay. So I'm not an expert in like how to deal with all of that stuff around teens and money. I can only share what I've seen, not only from my own experiences as a mother, but from what I've seen from people in my money boot camp and some of the issues that we all have from our own families. Okay. So even if you don't have kids in your life, I, I still think you could get some nuances from this episode about how we've all learnt so much about money so unconsciously from our families. But I actually want to start with lessons from a TV show that I love watching called Succession. And Succession is about a wealthy media baron of a big uh, multimedia but mostly TV company and his kids. So he has um, four kids and they are all trying to be the next CEO. And it's about like the dynamics of him not wanting to give up his power and then all of his kids just like absolutely fighting for it, um, fighting for his approval, his love and and money. There's so much money stuff in there. And the first season too, I was like, oh, wow, you never really see this level of wealth um, so much in this kind of show. Like you see it on Dynasty and things like that, but just the way that they would just take helicopters to their house in the Hamptons just for a ball game, like to play baseball, and then they came home. And it was just a really interesting depiction of wealth. And a lot of people are struggling with watching the show sometimes because of the negativity around how that's showing wealth to be, like people who really exploit others. There's a whole storyline about how one of their a business operations, there's, you know, sexual abuse and all this horrible stuff. And they're just horrible people, right? And so that could be justifying a lot of people's money blocks and views about money is that rich people are bad. Like rich people are evil, rich people are greedy. And here's the thing, though. A lot of the problems they depict in this show around wealth, about how that, that wealth has damaged these kids and as, you know, they're absolutely damaged people, right? But remember, poverty damages kids too, right? Absolutely growing up um, poor can damage kids. So what do we take from that, okay? We can take from that that you can have a healthy or an unhealthy relationship with money no matter how you grew up. 
because those kids in that show, they're not damaged necessarily by money. They're damaged by having parents who are jerks. Like they've got parents who are arrogant, narcissistic, emotionally unavailable, egotistical, horrible people. And I've actually met people at all levels of income who are that. Like I grew up in um, housing commission. My, I, I tell this story all the time, right? But my mum was 17 when she had me um, and um, she we, we never lived with her parents. She was always on her own. And we really struggled sometimes, right? And and we were really lucky we got in a government house when I was, I don't know, nine or something. And we lived in government housing with a lot of other people who have lived in government housing. And I really loved it in lots of ways because everyone's house is the same. You know, there's a lot of uh, – it's very egalitarian when literally everyone has the same house. And generally everyone has the same kind of money, because it's means tested to live in government housing most of the time. And so it was very egalitarian, but there was a lot of dysfunction in that environment. There were families whose parents were alcoholics or drug addicts or parents who were neglectful, parents who were abusive. And you know what? That's the same in lots of different neighbourhoods you know, you can be in a wealthy neighborhood and there will be alcoholics, drug addicts, people who abuse their kids. And so we've got to decouple that feeling for ourselves that all rich people are like this or all poor people are like this, you know. And so the way that we can raise our own kids, it's it's not about how much money you have necessarily beyond a certain point, right? Money is a tool that's going to help you, but you can raise children to have a healthy or unhealthy relationship with money, no matter how much you have, really. I know it sounds a bit weird. So again, people are asking me why, what I'm teaching my kids about money, how I'm going to make sure that they uh, have a healthy relationship with money. Okay, so think about some of the things that you heard about as a kid. That All we need to do is to be aware of those things, okay? And there's a couple of things that I noticed that I did. So one, when my first baby, which was like, I don't know, three or something, we went to a farmer's market and I gave her 50 cents to go and buy herself an apple from the farmer's market. And she took that 50 cents and she put it straight in her mouth. And I went, oh my God, don't put that in your mouth. Money's so dirty. And then I went, oh my God. God, of course, that is a message that we have all received about money. Money is so dirty. And of course, you can't, like your parents don't want you to choke, right? But so what I aim for with things like that, that I know I have been told about money and you might have been told about money, is that I aim for neutrality around that. Because can you imagine what that did to your nervous system to be told money is dirty at a young age and the panic that your parents had in their voice wasn't because they didn't want you to have abundance. (laughs) They didn't want you to choke and die on a metal object, okay? But imagine what that has done to our nervous system to go (gasps) and to like couple that with money as a concept. It's like literally we got an electric shock the first couple of times we played with money. And then there could be nuances around that, right, where – um, you heard panic in your family's voice because you like spilt some coins or you ripped up a dollar bill. Like even as a child, that memory might live within you around money. So think about some of those things and then aim for neutrality. So of course, I don't want my kids to choke on money. Of course I don't. But so I say to them, hey, we don't put money in our mouth in our family. We take care of money. 
And can you see how that's just such a different um, experience for maybe their nervous system? And I go, oh, cool, let's wipe that off a little bit, but we don't put it in our mouth. We take care of money in our family. And that's that's becoming our new story. We take care of money in our family. We take care of money in our family. And um, that could be something that you do as well. If you've got young kids, but also, you know, you might be a grandparent, you might be an auntie, and just be mindful about that when you're talking about money. Now, think of another thing that you've been told. I've done a whole, I've done so many episodes about this, but I do not care because it's so important to to hear, is the birthday party thing, right? About how we tell kids, tell make a wish, but don't tell anyone or it won't come true. And so I'm very clear to say to our kids, no, we do tell each other dreams in our family. Nope, we do talk about our dreams. And even though I've been like that since when I first figured it out, the first birthday party for my one of my kids, is um is how ingrained it is in movies and TV and kids go to other birthday parties and they hear that don't don't make a wish don't say it don't say it out loud and then you think of how many adults really struggle with saying their goals out loud saying their dreams I'll ask people what they want to make and they just get paralyzed and I I don't think that's the only reason but it's one of the reasons is that it's it's um you know it won't come true it won't come true. Um, so that's another big thing, right? So what are some other things that you might have heard about money? And it's just about being being mindful of that. So every family has their own sayings about money. And then there are obviously some that are quite cultural or like just universal. And it could be money doesn't grow on trees. Okay, something like that. Now, I want hold on to that thought because we're going to talk about some of those things straight after this break. This is Victoria Gibson, and I want to share with you the magic of Money Bootcamp by Denise Duffield-Thomas. You'll think, hmm, I'm okay about money. I want more of it. And that's until you do this work, until you go deeper. And I know that's what happened for me, going through some of the exercises and uncovering those hidden, sneaky beliefs that just keep you from your dreams. Denise will help you easily unlock it and this course will help you do that too. I am forever grateful to her for changing my perception of not only money but what's possible and um, I thank you Denise for that. Hi I'm Liv and I founded a blog called The Indie Mood which is a platform for small beauty business. Reading Get Rich Lucky Bitch totally changed my life. There were so many emotional blocks around money that I had that needed healing and clearing. And since reading the book, my blog has had its highest earning month yet, and I've exceeded my monthly financial goals. A day after reading the book, I began writing down affirmations like, it's okay for me to win. And that same day, found a lottery ticket inside a book at a store that won $20. I saw it as a sign and have been doing the work ever since to manifest larger goals, and it works. Okay, welcome back. We are talking about um, how to can you raise rich kids or talking to your kids about money. And I just mentioned just before the break about um, saying things like money doesn't grow on trees. And you know what's interesting about this? When I ask people if they heard that, uh, rich families said it, poor families said it. Everyone said it because it's just one of the things that is just a cultural thing about money. And if you come from um, a country where English isn't your first language, I would love it if you sent me what um, what your country, what your culture says in a similar vein. And um, so money doesn't grow on trees, right? So I was in the uh, bookstore the other day and I saw a book and it's called Money Doesn't Grow on Trees. 
And it's a book about these kids who are asking for things and their parents shame them and say, money isn't growing trees, money isn't growing trees. And then at the end, it's the kid goes, well, where does money come from? And their parents go, well, you work for it and you can start a business or you can get a job and that's how you make money. And the kid's like, oh, okay, money comes from hard work. And you can imagine how much I freaking hated this book. I could not believe it. I was like, what a shit ass book. And yes, we want to teach our kids work ethic. Absolutely we do. But if we're saying to kids, the only way you can make money is through hard work, what is that setting up for us? Um, and I meet people all the time who are making their jobs, their, their businesses way harder than they need to be. That means that they reinvent the wheel all the time. They don't uh, invest in shortcuts and hacks like courses or templates or systems. They don't hire anybody because then they wouldn't be working hard. They don't create passive income because that's not working hard, is it? If you create something once, how dare you get paid for it forever? It totally goes against that grain of hard work. And so, well, then what do I say to my kids? I say, if you have a dream and you have persistence, you can achieve anything. If you have a dream and persistence, you can achieve anything. And it's funny how that work hard thing comes up so easily. Um, we went to see Jojo Siwa in concert. I took Willow. And it was actually one of the best concerts I've ever been to. I didn't expect it to, right? But it just shows like she is just such a master. Like she was so energetic. And I mean, to be honest, I don't think she has the best singing voice, but she really tried like 10 out of 10 for effort, right? And I came away so inspired from that. And so Willow was like, well, I want to be a pop star like Jojo. And I went, cool. And then she was like, I don't want to go to rehearsal today. I don't feel like it. And I said, well, would Jojo miss rehearsal? And I was about to say, like, I'm sure Jojo's worked really hard. And I went, oh, man, it just comes into everything. And so I really just go, like, yeah, if you have a dream and and, um, you do the work, that could be another thing too. If you have a dream and you follow the steps – then you can achieve whatever you want. Because sometimes people go the other way and then just go, oh, if you have a dream, like everything's going to fall into place. And that's not true either, right? Like I have lots of dreams and I still I still have to do stuff. Um, so yeah, just think about like, what are you saying about hard work? And what are you saying about money? And, you, and what are you saying about wealthy people? Are you making judgments about wealthy people? Or does your family talk about people who are poor is like, oh, they should work harder. And we know that that's not true. We know that's not how society works. People who work hard don't always make the most amount of money. We know this, right? Um, so this something that I do that I think is super important. I talk about what I do. I talk about my work. I talk about how much I love it. I talk about following my passions. I talk about my creativity and I talk about doing work. So they see us doing work. They see me doing calls. They see me, they know that I have a money boot camp. I think they sometimes, I think Piper thinks it's a mummy boot camp, as in mums being all together. And they get a sense of that, but I don't hide it. And I see some people, they really hide it. They only work during school times or they only, um, like they just hide it all from the kids. And, you know, sometimes I have a call in the morning before they go to school. And I have an office um, at the back of the house and I just go, I'm going to my office. I've got a call. And they go, okay. And I think um, what's cool about that is our, our, our kids don't have a lot of separation anxiety because they're used to, like I've worked from home the whole time since they were born and Mark has 
uh, at least half the time. So they don't remember him ever having a job either. So we're always kind of around. But that means that sometimes when we have a launch on, we do work and we talk about that and and, um, they get involved. They stuff envelopes for us. For, like we send out a welcome card for money boot campers. And, you know, as the little ones get older, we want to get them involved as well. Some of my friends, their teenagers are involved in their business. So that's really important. And I I do talk about how much I love my business. Before the pandemic, I used to travel a lot more and um, I haven't I haven't been away from home for a while. But, you know, I used to say, oh, I'm really excited. I'm going to a conference and I never apologized for it. I didn't say, oh, I'm so sorry. Mummy's so guilty about going and I, I'm going to miss you so much. I'd say, oh, I'm so excited about going on this conference and, um, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And I, I just never apologized for it because I want them to see that it's okay to follow your dreams and it's okay to, to work. It's okay to earn money. And we talk about money um, as much as we can that's appropriate for their age. We're getting to a point now, though, where it is going to be more of a thing and um, about contrast. Okay, so often it's not how much money you had growing up; it's the contrast that can be that can bring up money blocks. Okay, so remember I said that I grew up in in housing commission. Everyone has the same house, so there was no competition. It was very like samey, right? Um, but then uh, my mar- my mum married a wealthy businessman for a while, and uh, we moved to his mansion. And it was this huge, big, like tacky 90s McMansion kind of thing. And suddenly there was contrast. I was different from my friends. And I see this a lot with with people who have money blocks where it's like, oh, I was, I was, you know, we didn't even have that much money, but I didn't feel it. But then there are people who are like, well, I was middle class, but I went to a fancy school and I felt like the poor kid. Or I came from a middle-class family, but my family had a little bit more than everyone else and it made me feel different. And so I know that as the kids get older and they're going to start to see that contrast a little bit more and how we can talk to them about that. So we live in a big house. We have a very abundant kind of house. Um, And like Willow, when she was like five, she went to someone's house and she was like, you only have one bathroom? And I thought, oh, crap, like I have to talk about this. And so I had a big discussion with her about, you know, like having money doesn't make you better than anyone else. Not having money doesn't make you worse than anyone else. And some people want to live in a big house. Some people can't afford to live in a bigger house, but some people live in a tiny house. Like my mum, she lives in a motorhome and then she comes and lives with with us in the between. And so just saying like, it's not okay to shame people for how they choose to spend their money because obviously I I can't like go, let's talk about the inequality of money and all that kind of stuff just yet. And I try to, but it's like, what's the appropriate level? And so I'm like, you know, we're, we're extremely blessed and I never want to hear you shame anybody about anything like that. Um, and so I said, I don't care whose house you ever go to, you always say, wow, what a lovely house or wow, what a lovely um lamp or something like that. And I'm just trying to teach them to be humble and and realize that uh, us having money doesn't make us better than anyone else. It really doesn't. Okay, there's one other, one last thing I want to share um, about kids and money. And as I said, this is going to be bigger and bigger for me as they get older, is not shaming their desires. This is a big thing, but also not giving them everything either. 
So if you grew up with lack, you might desire to be wealthy so you can give your kids everything that you didn't have. And I understand that sentiment a lot. And also, I don't think you will. Like if you had all the money in the world, would you give your kids everything that they they wanted? I don't think you would. I think you'd still want to live by your values. And so I can afford to get my kids anything they want. And I'm not saying that to brag. It's just a reality. Like, I mean, within reason, right? And so I go, well, my mum could just say, I can't afford it. Money doesn't grow on trees. And that was a no. And it also made me feel really freaking guilty and horrible and all the things, right? So I'm like, well, I have to learn. What am I going to say to my kids? Because I can't afford it is actually a lie. And we were somewhere the other day and she said, oh, can you buy me this thing? And I said, I said, no, babe, like it's not Christmas. It's not your birthday. Like I'm not just going to buy you something for no reason. And she said, but you're a millionaire. And I was with my mom and my mom said, yeah, Willow, she's a millionaire. You're not. (laughs) And I just, oh my God, I had to laugh because I was like, yeah, like I'm not, doesn't mean I'm just going to buy you stuff all the time. And, but I don't shame it. So I, I say, look, babe, like as a family, like we're really, concerned about the environment and you know she's a green warrior or something like that in her school she's like a recycling monitor and I was like but you're this so you know we're not just going to buy things for no reason like that's not our value as a family and so I'm making it part of like this is who we are as a family not that you're wrong for having this desire I'm like yeah that's cool and we actually went shopping yesterday And she was just showing me all these little dolls. And she's like, how cute, how cute. And I was like, oh, my God, they're the cutest things I've ever seen. And I remember my mum didn't quite have that bandwidth to say that because she felt like kind of a little bit resentful that I was asking. And she probably felt like guilt and shame around not having the money, right? So I would just say, oh, my God, that is so cute. I'm going to take a picture of that. And this is what I learned from my friend Marissa Roberts. So she's got a business called Beautifully Organized, helping busy mums, you know, hack their homes and businesses. And she would say, that's great. I'm going to take a picture of that and then we can add it to your birthday list or we can add it to your Christmas list. And so I took that leaf out of Marissa's book and every time we saw something, she was like, oh, my God, I love this. I was like, that's so cool. I'm going to take a picture because I want her to know that her desires are valid and that it's okay to dream and it's okay to have discernment and not have all the things but also that it's okay for her to want it and to ask for it and it's okay for me to say no. So yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. And one final, like final, final again is like I think kids just want to, they want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to know that you're proud of them. They want to know that you accept them for who they are and and that's it. Like so I'm not going to try and hack them into be entrepreneurs. If they're entrepreneurs, great. If they're wealthy in their own right, that's amazing. But I don't aspire for that for them. I want them to have a healthy relationship with money, but most of all, I want them to have a healthy relationship with themselves and to love and accept themselves. So um, I'm sure you might have some questions or even stuff you disagree with me from from this episode or just little ahas. And of course, always reach out and let me know what you think about this episode and um, and how it relates to children in your life. Ah, Okay, cool. So I'll be right back after this final thought. Hello, Denise. Uh, my name's Catherine. I run a ceramics company in Oxford called Oxford Clay. 
And oh, I've loved your books so much. They've been giving me so much confidence to start my business and just try different things um, and enjoy the process as well and not worry about getting things wrong. Um, so since reading your books, I've actually written an ebook on eco-friendly pottery, um, which I'm just about to release. And it was really down to you um, just giving me the idea of doing an ebook and just the confidence, really. So thank you so much. Hi everyone, Christy Gray here, and I'm a life strategist and an astrologer based on the Gold Coast in Australia. Coming into 2021, I knew I had some money blocks I needed to work through, so I picked up Get Rich Lucky Bitch. What I loved so much is Denise's approach and useful actions built into the book, because I need that as a Virgo. But my biggest light bulb moment that created momentum was decluttering money blocks as a daily practice, and you need to do it at every income level. I doubled my income in February from January this year, and I'm set to double my income this month from February. This work works. Read the book. It's totally worth it. Hi, it's Denise again, and thanks for my uh, sticking around for my final thought, and thanks for this listening to this episode today. So my final thought is about fun and money. Okay, so I remember there was a movie called Fun Money, right? And so fun money is seen as as this very frivolous thing. Um, And so what's your relationship with this concept of fun and money? Maybe it's you think of your business as fun money. Oh, that's not real money. That's just fun money. That's just a little bit of side hustle money. It doesn't count. Maybe you you think that it's only valid if you make make money out of things that stress you out or that feel really serious or feel like hard work and it's not safe for you to make money just doing something that's fun for you. Maybe your aha is that you discount uh, the things that feel fun and easy for you because you go, oh God, I can't charge for that. That was so fun. It was so easy. I can't charge for that artwork. It just was so much joy and fun and it's safe for you to make money and have fun. Making money can be fun. It can be hugely fun. It's fun to make money you know, it's, um, I think Sarah Blakely said this too. It's like money is fun to make, fun to spend and fun to give away. How cool is that? Like, I want you to write that down somewhere because that's just such a profound thing is it can be made with joy. It doesn't have to be hard work. It doesn't have to be a hard slog. It doesn't have to be painful. It can be fun to spend. So maybe you're actually good at making money, but you feel guilty about spending it. And it can be fun to give away. It's safe for you to make money in all sorts of fun ways. It's safe for you to love money and for it not to be serious and it's still to count and it's still and you still charge full price for the things that are fun to make. So yeah, fun money. Um, I'd love to hear our ahas around this about where you're allowed to make money and where you're not allowed to make money and it could come up in lots of different ways for you about where you're holding yourself back from offering things because it's not real or it's not serious. Oh, how much fun. So yeah, Sarah Blakely, money is fun to make, fun to spend, and fun to give away. Isn't it though? All right, I will have a fun week, have a fun, prosperous week, and I will see you next week on another edition of Chill and Prosper. Take care, bye. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.